What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thanks so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch. It's always great to be back with all of you. Um, We have a really great show this evening. My guest is Janet Ioli, and Janet is an author, and she's also the president of Power Presence Academy. Uh, She works with leaders and executives and has a very unique um, style of of helping men and women across all industries. She's going to be joining me in just a minute. As always, stay tuned for our watch team of on-air contributors as we go into our breaks, bringing you their segments in health, legal matters, finance, military affairs, and technology. And to learn more about their work and their companies, feel free to visit womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast while you're there so you never miss a show. So now I'm very thrilled and honored to welcome Janet Ioli to the show. Janet, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Sue. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And I, um, you know, I think there's, there really is a kind of a unique aspect to the work that you do. While we've had other uh, advisors and coaches, I'll say, on the, on the program, um, what you're doing is, is really special. And I want to give the listeners a little bit of uh, a sense of you and where you came from. And uh, I wanted to talk about your uh, growing up years in Athens, Greece. 
wonder if you can tell, tell us a little bit about um, your upbringing, your uh, Greek mother and your American father and how that kind of shaped your view of people from around the world. Sure. I, you know, it's funny. We both agree that our childhoods and how we grow up shape us. And, and one of the things that I, th- I think really shaped me was I was born in Greece. My dad um, was in the American military, and he married a Greek woman in Greece. And so I grew up there. I mean, he left the military and worked for a government contractor, but I grew up in what I would consider two worlds, Um, you know, having a a father who was from the south, uh, from Tennessee, and a mother who was from Athens, Greece, who, you know, spoke English, but not, not to the degree of someone who would have been socialized in the United States. I always felt a little a bit of an outsider in either world. So when when I would be with my mom's family or friends or even the Greek children around me, they would always consider me the foreigner. You know, she's the American one. And then when I would be at, you know, anywhere near the military base or with American or people from the United States, they would say, oh, she's that Greek one. So you always had this sense of being an outsider um, fortunately, I went to an international school over there, which you know, there were, most of the children that went there were much like me. They, you know, they had some sort of a dual background, so, and there, were, there was representation from about 12 different countries. So uh, I, being socialized at school, I, even with those differences, we all were different. So I think you know, that really, um, what's the word I want to use? shaped and also uh, stuck with me, Sue, for that, you know, differences are just things that we create, and we're, and we're not even, we don't have any control over them. They're just, you know, who we are, and actually, they're things that, be, that are an advantage to us over time, because you don't have a sense of being different when you're different. Yeah. You know, what a shame, you know, when you think about everything that's going on today in, in this country, um, as you were describing it, is, I'm thinking to myself, what a shame that, you know, we have to label each other. Right. And and start to give names or put people in groups um, when we're young, when really that goes against everything that we want the world to be, which is being individual and um, just a human. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, even taking that just a, a little step further, um, you know, talking about difference, because, you know, you're talking about what shapes you as a child. Uh, and growing up in Athens, you know, since my father was from Tennessee and my mom actually was from northern Greece, I was very, very blonde. I had very fair skin, I, you know, green eyes. And so I looked different than a lot of the people there, right, because the features, my features were different. And so people would stop my mother on the street and say, oh, look at that little girl, and they would pinch my cheek and say how cute I was. Until I, I reached the second grade, and I all of a sudden had what, what you call, I don't know if you, you've heard of this, but there's a thing called a lazy eye where your eye starts to cross, and it would yes. cross really, really dramatically. And when, um, when that happened... You know, it, I lo- I didn't feel any different, but I obviously looked different to people because I looked like I was cross-eyed. And mm-hmm. I went from being adored, where people would pinch your cheek and say, wow, look at that 
dutiful girl to, oh, my gosh, look at that freak, look at that monster. And they, they would use those words even at school, you know, that, that cross-eyed lion, that monster. And, you know, with something I had absolutely no control over. And I remember the embarrassment that I felt. I remember the horror that I felt is that all of a sudden, just because of a physical difference, I was completely shunned. Now, fortunately, that was something that could be corrected with surgery, right? And, you know, then magically, uh, a few months later after it was corrected, a year after I had it, I, I went back to, quote, normal. But that experience, you know, talking about what's going on even in the world today, really, really has been emblazoned in my soul, you know, that oh, my gosh, you know, just a physical difference. And now all of a sudden, you know, I go from being heralded to being shunned and and pointed at. You know, Janet, you shared with me that 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 experience really has stayed with you your entire life and is is really at the core of your coaching today. Describe that. It is because I, you know, as you know, I work with quite a few, you know, very many high-powered executives. And what I find, and especially with women, right, because I work with, with many women, is that we, we tend to focus a lot on image, on the outside. You know, how, how do I come across? You know, what are the steps that I need to do this? Uh, how do I stand? I mean, we know, you know, we know in a lot of the women's literature, it's about how we stand or fake it till you make it and all of those sorts of things. And while there's a place for the outside, and I, you know, I absolutely acknowledge it, I think it's one of the premises of, of powerful, a powerful presence, I believe that we don't focus enough on doing the inner work that's necessary to have a powerful presence. So, you know, I'm saying... You know, all of those things, the image and the outside is the polish. But what we really That's should right. be working on is the inside. Absolutely. Hold that thought, Jen, and I want to talk more about that when we come back from our break. Stay with us for our military watch and our health watch. Now, the women to watch. Military watch. Our armed forces rely on diverse backgrounds, perspectives, and expertise in order to defend our nation. Each June, we recognize Pride Month to celebrate the LGBTQ community and renew our enduring commitment to equality for all. I joined the military, the WAX, when the military was segregated by gender, and I have seen great change since that time. I saw the impact of the 1982 DOD directive that stated that homosexuality was incompatible with military service, and according to the GAO, over 17,000 men and women were discharged under this directive. In 1993, I witnessed the positive yet harmful effects of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, where gay service members weren't pursued, but evidence of homosexual behavior was basis for involuntary discharge, and 13,000 members were, in fact, discharged. I was still serving in 2011 when policy changed, and from then on, the LGBTQ community had the freedom to serve their nation. And I am proud that I was in the military and witnessed this incredible progress Progress, a military that now calls upon everyone to eliminate prejudice and honor our rich diversity as Americans. I'm excited to share how Comcast NBC Universal is celebrating love in all its forms this month. So please join us to celebrate. Our Xfinity X1 and Flex customers can say pride into their Xfinity voice remote to enjoy the first of its kind, largest collection of diverse LGBT TV shows and movies, either at home or on the go with the Xfinity Stream app. Content includes an expansive 
Pride is Everything collection, featuring LGBTQ TV, movies, music, and more. Lastly, I'd like to leave you with a fun fact. The rainbow flag that symbolizes LGBTQ pride across the world was in fact designed in 1978 by Gilbert Baker, who was a gay rights activist and a medic in the U.S. Army. His creation will forever unite people around the world, which is one of the finest acts of service. So on behalf of Comcast NBC Universal, happy Pride Month to all. Now, the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Happy Father's Day to all our dads out there. Our kids would have liked to celebrate by going to a Phillies game. But this year is a little different for all of us, especially a star player for the Baltimore Orioles. On March 12, Major League Baseball shut down due to coronavirus. On the same day, 28-year-old first baseman Trey Mancini underwent surgery for colon cancer. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in women and prostate in men. But the most common cause of cancer death in both men and women is lung cancer. And the number two cause of cancer death is colon cancer. Yes, more people die of colon cancer than of breast cancer. Does that shock you? The message, colon cancer is common but preventable. This morning on my show, Your Radio Doctor, here on WPHT, I interviewed Dr. Robin Mendelson from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. Screening has helped decrease cases in people over age 50. Unfortunately, in recent years, we've seen a noticeable increase in younger people. About 72% of those people are in their 40s, but some are even younger. For this reason, National GI Society suggests that we start screening at age 45. To make things worse, young people aren't as suspicious about cancer as older patients, so they're more likely to wait before seeing the doctor. And the hallmark of colon cancer in young people is disease that has spread, which makes it harder to cure. I also spoke to two researchers from Thomas Jefferson University. Dr. Scott Waldman and Dr. Adam Snook have created a vaccine for colon cancer. Early testing is showing great promise. So remember, colon cancer is common, but it's the most preventable cancer. Mammograms find early cancer, but with colonoscopy, we find and remove polyps before they turn to cancer. So divas, if you're 50, get screened. And if you're younger, don't ignore bleeding, belly pain, weight loss, or change of bowel movements. Don't put your colon at the bottom of the list. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Welcome back. I'm talking to Janet Ioli this evening. She's an author and, and president of Power Presence Academy. Uh, Janet, just before the break, we were talking about, you know, the importance of the fact that really all of us, our power comes from within, right? And I guess my question for you relating to that, it, I have two questions for you on that. I sure. want to know when, when for you, you kind of turned that corner and recognized it and, and you live that life, um, as opposed to many people who hear that over and over and over, but still struggle with, I don't want, I don't know if I want to say believing it or, or, um, tapping into it. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a great question too. I and I have I actually have a very significant event in my life that really shaped that for me. I think, and it really solidified it for me. Of you know, how do I want to live? Because mm-hmm. I think we we talk we talk a lot about this word authentic, right? Yes. And we say you know I want to be authentic. I want to be true to myself. And yet, what does that word really mean? And 
And do we really even know who our authentic self is? Because a lot of what we consider to be authentic is shaped by our own culture. It's shaped by our upbringing. It's shaped by what we're taught. And a lot of the beliefs and values that we claim to have are really not our own. You know, when you look at the word authentic, it comes from original source, right? That's, that's really what it, what it means. And what is the original source? And so, um, you know, I, I found where I really went deep and, and kind of got in tune with what I call that wise self we have, that wise woman inside of us, yeah. when my father at the age of 60 was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And he was getting ready to retire. He... Um, you know, he had spent his whole life preparing for the moment to retire at age 60 and say, you know, okay, now I'm going to do the things I really want to do. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to start a new career. And he was actually 59 and a half, and he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. They gave him six months to live. And that, um, I was actually 30, well, how old was I? 34 at the time. And I was on the trajectory of climbing the corporate ladder and thinking, you know, very ego-based. And when that happened, I call those things thunderbolts. It shook me to the core. And what what shook me was, am I living a life in alignment um, with what is really most important to me? And so that event in itself caused me to go into some real deep, introspection. I mean, we do a lot of deep introspection as coaches anyway, and but it really caused my own um, introspection, and it caused me to create what I call a manifesto for my life, right, of how I want to live and um, who I want to be. And so those that type of inner work, I think, is the foundation for leadership and also for a powerful presence. Mm. Well, I think that you must have had, leading up to that, there must have been time that you spent really reflecting. You know, so self-awareness is so, so key um, to living our best, best lives. And I think that people that struggle with with getting there is um, the kind of getting lost in all the noise and all the distraction and all the old messaging that we have in our head. Um, I want to talk about, so your book, it's going to be released in July, Less Ego, More Soul, a reinvention guide for women, dives really deep into, you know, this concept of of truly uh, our power comes from within. What prompted you to write the book and what can the readers um, expect from it? Well, it's, it's funny you ask about what prompted, what prompted the book, because, you know, I, I've done classes on this before. You know, I called them soul search sessions, right? So they're, they're really about doing some inner work. And, and I think that inner work also shapes you in your life, but also as a leader. And I've, I've had this concept. Actually, when I was a senior in high school, I wrote a speech called um, Man's Search for, for His Soul. And it, you know, it won first place in a forensics competition. So that, that feeling wow. in that message. Yeah, that's, that that's message a deep, yeah, that's me. a deep, d- deep question for some, I'm sorry, I'm just saying that's a very deep thought and question for, for a young girl in high school. Right. I, I know. <laughs> yes, so, you know yes. I think it's, it's been more of a calling for me um, yeah. to, to write about this, uh, Sue. And so during the pandemic, you know, when the pandemic started, I had all these notes and I had all of these things that about this book. 
And I sat down and I started writing it, and, and it just it just came. And so what's ironic is, you know, we're now being asked to wear masks, and the whole part of the book is about how we wear masks every day. You know, we spend all these years building our ego. And then there's a time then to start to deconstruct that and tear off mm-hmm. that mask, you know. So yeah. that's really what this book is about is what I'm talking about today is, is really, you know, how do you do that inner work? Do we need thunderbolts? Do we need these things to shake us, like this pandemic or the things that are going in the world, going on in the world, or, or can we just sit back, like you said, and take time out of our, our busy lives and really do that deeper soul searching? Yeah, I think that it's it's really at you know that's the very first step, and 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 actually probably the desire to do it. Um, if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Janet Ioli. She is an author and she's the president of Power Presence Academy. Janet, we're going to go into our second break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about um, the ego and how you deal with that when you're working with executives and leaders of, of large companies. Stay with us for our legal watch and our finance watch. We'll be right back. Now, now the women to watch. Legal watch. Legal watch. This is Nicole Hittner from Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. As the country continues to crack the door of business open wider, there's a real concern disproportionately facing women. The COVID-19 pandemic has left many without summer camps and childcare they were relying on for supervision of their kids. Ballard Women is working to find solutions to retain and support our female attorneys, and we're getting a lot of positive feedback. We're exploring multiple options and are working to find the ones that fit best for our female colleagues. What works for us may not be the right solution for your company, but the real impact on the workforce and the disparate impact this issue has on women needs to be on the radar of every business owner. We can help you analyze options that would be best for your company and its impacted employees and the elements of making the right decision. We stand with our clients and communities in fighting to avoid losing so much talent in our workforce. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for Legal Watch, and we're here to help. Don't forget to keep an eye on our legislative tracker, too, for constantly changing legal developments. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Watch. Finance Watch. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. Summer is officially here, and we hope that you plan to take some time off. Here are some tips to keep costs low and experiences high. Planning ahead can help you avoid going into debt on vacation so that you can enjoy your time away and skip the post-vacation blues. Start by adding up the main daily expenses, nightly accommodation, meals, transportation and activities, and calculate the average daily cost. If you have pets, don't forget to add kennel fees or other expenses related to their care while you're away or if they're traveling with you. One way to avoid vacation debt is to save up methodically. Create a savings goal and put money away regularly. If possible, have some flexibility in your travel plans. Travel during the off-season when accommodations and airfare may be less expensive. If you have a bucket list of places you want to visit, but in no particular order, make your choices as travel bargains are available to any of those destinations. Sometimes just taking a weekend getaway can be an opportunity to travel on a budget. 
And how about trying to save on little things? Food away from home can be more expensive, so why not bring your own snacks? Once you arrive at your destination, find a local grocery store and get some items there to reduce your food spending throughout your trip. Checking a bag when you're flying adds an extra expense to your trip, too. Do you really need to take that many outfits? Not checking a bag can save you enough for a meal. You can also reduce airport parking costs by opting for the economy lots and making a reservation in advance. It's often cheaper if you plan ahead and reserve your spot. And don't forget to check out parking coupons online. If you're driving, check online for the cheapest gas prices. Some credit cards offer discounts and cash back for gas purchases. Wherever you plan to go this summer, whether it be across the world, a few hours from home, or even right in your own city, you can keep expenses low. The last thing you need to do is worry about overspending while you're trying to get some rest. So be smart about your finances, plan, and budget so that you can truly enjoy that refreshing cocktail you were just served. This is Terry. Peace out. I'm having a really wonderful conversation this evening with my guest, Janet Ioli, and um, we were talking about ego, which I, I think what I've learned over the years is really that kind of manufactured self that we create. And I'm wondering, when you're working with clients, um, and, and many are executives and, you know, at the top of their game, very, very um, busy people, how do you describe to them um, what the, the true self is. So outside of the ego, outside of that manufactured self, do you have a word that you use for them to help them, um, understand, I don't even know what the word is, you know, how to tap into that true self? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. So what I, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm a believer in meeting people where they are. Right. And and words that we use really don't make a difference. It's really trying to get people to the place that they, that they want to get to. And what I try to do with people is try to help them detach from themselves because they're so used, you know, as high achievers. Right. We're so used to we being the center. You know, it's me. It's what what I achieve, how I show up how I do something, how great I am, and we get rewarded for what we do. And what I try to do is help people flip flip that a little bit about it's not all about what you're doing, but who you're being while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I try to get them to move from reacting to being a little bit more intentional and Get stepping, and what, as I tell them, you know, is stepping away from yourself, right? And taking yourself out of the center and climbing a mountain and looking down at a situation or looking down at yourself so that they detach themselves from their ego. And, and then I say, okay, so now what would your wise self say? And that always seems to, mm-hmm. to get people detached from that mask, as I call it, because it really yeah. is a mask that we create, right? This proving, pleasing, mask of, you know, how do I posture myself in the world? Right. Um, so, so that usually helps. Also, you know, the question, what's needed here versus what am I doing? And that also helps people detach from that ego mm. self of theirs and from, from all of us. It's not what am I going to do? It's what is needed here? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, 
you know, Janet, you've worked with thousands um, of clients and many have been from different industries and also different countries. I was curious if you have recognized any surprising differences among leaders from various countries. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think there it's really um, stylistic and I find that, you know, our, like, like, like we said earlier, our cultures shape us, right? And so, for example, when I'm working with somebody in, in Greece, right, the, the um, passionate um, saying what's on my mind, telling you like it is, um, uh, what, el- what else would be some of the things that, that are characteristic? Just, just very um, blunt, direct uh, communication is more prevalent, Right. Also, mm-hmm. you know, you find that even in just regions of the country, right? So certain regions of the country, you know, some people will tell me, you know, well, I'm from New York, so I'm going to tell you like it is or whatever. It's, right, it's, yes. Whether we realize it or not, I think we're, we're, we're socialized based, based on where we grew up or what the norms were in that culture. But beyond that, what I find is that people are so much more similar than they are different. <laughs> Those are just layers of outer shell. Um, yes. But all this, we're all working on the same exact things. And people, you know, we think we're different, but in such a profound way, we're all so shockingly similar. We're dealing with the same type of things, the self-doubt, the trying to prove, the pleasing. All of those things are all similar regardless of where you're from, I believe. Right. Well, I agree 100%. Um, you know, you help people overcome what you describe as unrealized insecurities that hold them back as leaders. And I wondered if you've discovered any in yourself through the work that you do that perhaps still are with you today, even though you're, you know, you're coaching people to overcome them. Can you share something that you've discovered that um, you still have to, to work yeah. through? Yeah, and this one is, it's a journey, and it's funny. As much as I, this is what I, it's a mantra I tell people every day, is we need to unhook from praise and validation. But I find as much as, much as work as I do on that, you know, I'm still hooked to validation. You know, I turn, did I do okay? Did that, did that go okay? Was, like, was this interview okay, Sue? You know, we're, it's yeah. validation of am I measuring up? And it's funny, as, much, as confident as people are and as um, accomplished as people are, I think we're all, I mean, I think even Oprah was talking about people, she's interviewed these leaders, you know, she's talked to presidents, and after the interview they say, did I do okay? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, and really... It's that validation that we're all looking for from someone else to tell them that they did okay. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating because you're someone who has explored and, and, you know, have studied, really, the fact that just sitting with your own true self is what will um, bring about the best result. So you know that intellectually, but yet, and you do that. I mean, you can hear in your speaking how truly authentic you are. And... Um, but yet we still ask that question. Will we ever, can we ever stop doubting ourselves? Right. Oh, you know? And, and, you know, and I wonder, is it ever something that we will truly conquer, right? I mean, because we yeah. all, what I'm finding is, 
and I find it with my clients, is that we learn to um, recognize it more quickly. That's right. And, That's uh, exactly and then, right. And then yeah. move from a place of reaction, because I, I really believe those are reactions, right? We're reacting to a place of yep. intentionality and being yep. more grounded. It's regrounding ourselves quicker, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> I... Nip it in the bud. Right. <laughs> this exactly. Gonna, yeah. Because if, you know, if you don't recognize it and you can't name it, you can't change yeah. it. Yeah. Listen, we're going to go into our last break uh, for our Tech Watch. Stay with me for Janet Ioli, president of Power Presence Academy. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. As a woman in the technology industry for over 30 years, I can tell you for certain the industry continues to grow at an extremely fast pace. Employment of computer and IT occupations continues to grow by 12% and will add over 546,000 new jobs by 2024. Think about the amount of technology over the last four months you've heavily relied on to get groceries, conduct meetings, doctor visits, connect with family and friends, and with so many working from home now and in the future, there's an incredible amount of emphasis being placed on workplace technologies. These technologies enable an organization's workforce to work from anywhere, anytime in a secured environment. As technology takes on more of the mundane tasks, employees will be able to focus on the high-level human touch tasks. I would imagine that job descriptions and roles will and are starting to change. Trust me when I say, if you are a woman who's uncertain where you want to be in the future, consider a career in technology. And no, this does not mean you have to be a technical person with hands on the keyboard coding. As example, at Pathways, we not only have four levels of developers and architects, but we also have business analysts, project managers, quality analysts, sales account managers. These individuals work closely with our development team and clients and are highly sought after in the tech industry. Six of our managers have no development hands on the keyboard experience. Presently at Pathways, we have so many job openings in all the roles I just mentioned. Most of these roles are remote work from home. We're an equal opportunity employer and have a phenomenal culture. And I'd love nothing more than to see us get a higher percentage of women applicants for these roles. So if you'd like to learn more about the jobs at Pathways or in the tech industry in general and where you believe you fit in, please reach out to me. My email is mary at pathwayscg.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm speaking with Janet Ioli this evening. Uh, Janet, I want to share a quote with you. I thought this was so beautiful. Um, A truly powerful presence is grounded in a secure, non-egocentric place that is not fragile or easily derailed by fear of its loss. You can't lose it because the source of the power is limitless and always accessible if you simply tap into it and let it flow. Um, I, first of all, I just think that's beautiful. And, you know, fear is something that is a gosh, just such a big, big part of our lives every day for many different reasons. Tell me how you manage your own fears. 
and we're all on that constant journey, correct? Right. So it's not really the yes. elimination of it. I think you're right. I think it's manage. You know, how do we manage it? Um, for me, I, I feel like the fears come from my thoughts. Right, so it's it's what's going on in my head, then it, and it produces some sort of an emotion, and then it'll produce a reaction, and then it's the chain. And so, for me, it's about taking whatever that thought is that's coming up, that's producing that fear, and trying to first recognize it, but then second, reframing it, um, because. When I, so for example, let me let me give you an example. Like you know, sometimes I I get very afraid of flying, and so you know, then I start to imagine all of these things that are going to happen while I'm on the airplane, right? So taking that <laughs> in that moment and nipping it and saying to myself, "But I am fearless, but I am powerful." You know what I mean? I, I, I start to nip that, and something starts to happen in our brains because we're re, we're kind of re. Um, programming that thought and yeah. just that affirmation I mean there's study after study about how affirmations can actually change the, the, the wavelength that you're on so I that's what I do I mean I really try my best to reframe that thought in the moment when it comes yes I think you know if we, we could probably do a whole show on the fact that that everything we experience is the mind so, right. so being able right. to conquer your mind is right. the ultimate, Absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's your operating system. That's right. your operating system. It's, it's how do you reboot it and rewire it? Yeah. Um, what have you found to, you know, are the greatest complexities leaders are facing today within organizations? If mm. there is a kind of a commonality there. Yeah. You know, I think... Uh, our, it's going back to the operating system. The things that are coming out of, at us are not, um, they don't have simple answers. And I think we're programmed to look for simple answers because especially as a lot of the high-achieving people that I work with, they're, they get rewarded and they have been rewarded for being the person who makes the decision, being the person who has the answer. And a lot of the things that are coming, there is no simple answer, and the, and, and the world is changing so rapidly that one simple answer isn't going to solve it. And so, you know, I'm finding that one of the skills that needs to be built and where we all need to start to work on this is, is being able to sit with, the, sit with the questions and ask more questions, you know, because... Just having answers isn't necessarily going to deal with the complexity, but asking more questions will bring us a little bit closer, I think. You know, one of the things I think is is different today than years ago um, is that leaders, executive teams are recognizing the importance of caring about their employees and their well-being. Right. I think years ago, it really was just this hierarchical system where, you know, employees were expected to come, do the job and go home. And I watched a video that you did where you you talk about feelings oh, right? yeah. and how 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 the people who work for you feel. That's a tough word to kind of throw around within a company. So how do you get around that? And particularly, I would say with men, I think because they've been programmed to not pay attention to feelings have them understand the importance of it. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm starting to find that, you know, people are a lot more open to having that conversation. Um, and I, and you know, and I, I don't just say, okay, well, you know, now we need to worry about how everybody feels, but really about you know, how are you going to get your team on board? You know, how are you going to recognize the talents of everyone on your team because you have limited resources, right? And so, uh, you know, how are you going to use your resources to the fullest? And what the resources you have are human. And, and so these are human resources. So having knowing a little bit about psychology, knowing a little bit about what makes people tick and how people are wired is going to help you in whatever it is that you're getting done. And I think people are really, at least uh, many of the men I work with, are actually want to do that. It's just I find, and it's, it's really funny, Sue, that they just don't know how. You know, they haven't been uh, programmed or throughout their careers, they haven't thought it through. They're more focused on the doing rather than who they're being. And so it's really turning that table. Who are you being while you're doing that? And what impact does that have on the other people around you? Mm. That's a great question, right? Who, who are you being rather than what are you doing? Um, which can be a little bit more of a critical question. Right, because you can get results by railroading everyone, right, or, or storming through, but who are you being while you're doing that? And that really has people stop and think, wow, who do I want to be? Tell me, Jenna, how did you find that, you know, it takes a lot of courage to start your own business. And, um, you know, you, you are responsible for everything. Where did you find the courage to do that? And do you think you were born... I'll say a teacher. Um, I know executive coach is a, is a term used for mm. for what you do, but I really think you're a teacher. Yeah, I would agree with you. I um, again, you know, I, without sounding you know woo woo or or corny, because I you know I am very realistic as well. I I feel like I was called to do this work. I, I told you, you know, when I was a senior in high school, I, how would, where did I come up with that? <laughs> that right. Thing, right? <laughs> right. Um, yep. It, it's, it's, it's a calling for me. It's not really a job. And I feel like when the more I've become more of me um, and the more I have put out these messages in, in the way that they really are coming to me, the more I'm attracting people. And so it, I, it, I feel like it was a natural transition for me um, because I found, and I think through that Thunderbolt experience with my father um, dying, I found that, you know, life is really short. And if, if you have a calling or a message or something that is really, really dear to you, Creating a business around it isn't really that hard. It's just a, you just have to have the business sense and, and all of those things. But people that need that will be attracted to it. I think that's exactly true. I think that's exactly true. Um, we just have a, a couple of seconds left. If, if people are listening, Janet, and they want to be in touch with you um, to learn more about Power Presence Academy, where should they go? Sure. So they can find me on JanetIoli.com. So that's my mm -hmm. website. Um, that's easy. Janet at JanetIoli.com is my email. And then I'm, uh, I have a big presence on LinkedIn. So just look me up, Janet Ioli, on LinkedIn. Okay. 
Um, listen, I wish we had more time, but we don't. So um, I thank you so much for, for joining and sharing your story. Oh, thank you for having me, Sue. This was terrific. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you, as always, to my sponsors and my watch team of on-air contributors for their continued support. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.